What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. How many of you played football growing up? Any football players in the room? Oh, more than the first service. Good job, men. Not that you're not a man if you didn't play, but good job, men. Playing football, I should rephrase that. How many of you have ever done, and this has nothing to do with the message, but I'm just fascinated by rodeo, like real rodeo. Okay, nobody's cool, so that's okay. Okay, a couple of girls, ladies, all right, good, good. Like real rodeo, like, oh my goodness, that's awesome. That's tough. Football's tough, but rodeo is really tough. That has nothing to do with the message. So uh, one thing we did when we practiced was we got in a circle, and then the coach would call out your number. And I was about five foot, I'm only five foot six now, so I wasn't taller and shrunk, okay? Now my kids in, in eighth grade think that I shrunk, like I was this tall guy and I shrunk. I don't know why. But I was five foot, probably less than six inches, and so short, but I played center. And there was, and this was Ohio, which I tell people all the time, it's real football back in Ohio, okay? Not to put down Nevada at all, but in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida, some other place. It's real. Like, I went to, when I started refereeing here, I'd go to the games, and I'm like, are they ever going to start hitting each other? <laughs> it just was, it's just not the same intensity. So Friday night lights there is huge. So for practice, he'd call your number, and you'd go against another guy, and if you pushed them, you pushed each other's back and forth and try to push you out of the circle. And it was intense. And, and then he would go, okay, I'm not going to call any numbers. If you just want to step up, get into that circle. And then you were a real man because he didn't call on you. You had to step into that circle. You had to prove yourself, and you wanted to start. Nobody wanted to sit on the bench. We all wanted to start. It was intense, but here's the deal. We had to step up. We had to step into that circle to prove that we can do the job on the field. We had to prove that we can do that. UNR does this too. I, I referee their games, their scrimmages sometimes, and man, it is intense when they go offense versus defense. Offense is on the white white shirts. Defense has all the blue shirts, and then he, the coach will call a couple of people, one from offense, one from defense, and everybody's screaming, and, and it's, it's just this awesome time. But look, if you don't step into that circle, you're never going to be able to prove what you can do. And that is the title of my message today. Step in to what God has for you. Go into that place where God is calling you up to another level to do something incredible for him. It may feel uncomfortable. It may be something that you're not used to, but God has equipped you, uniquely equipped you. If you look around the room, nobody looks the same because each person is uniquely equipped by the Holy Spirit to do something for the kingdom of God. And if you don't step into that ministry, if you don't go there, if you don't, if you don't say, I'm, I want to take that step, God can't use you then, right? And sometimes it's going to be messy. You know, have you ever been in a messy situation? Uh, have you ever been around people that are messy? If you're sitting next to them right now, don't nod them or nothing. Don't even look at them, right? Sometimes we're dealing with some messy stuff. I put this on the board. When it's your turn, are you stepping up or stepping away? There were a lot of guys that went step into that circle when we played. 
They were afraid of the circle, so they would step away. Guess what? They stepped so far back that they were bench on the bench on Friday night <laughs> because they were afraid to get into the, that, that place of, of showing that they can do the job that they were supposed to do. And church, does anybody think that the world is getting any better? You are the salt and light. Look, we keep praying for dark places. We keep praying for this person. We keep praying for these folks to get saved. I don't see a lot of places in Scripture where, uh, like, the apostles prayed for Herod to get saved. If you could find that, show me. It, it's not always there, but you know what they prayed for? They prayed for the Christians to be strong in the midst of persecution. They prayed for the Christians to be strong in the midst of slavery. Church, I can't help the world, but I hope I can help you, and I hope that you say, God, help me in the midst of this world that we're in. Amen? You need to be stronger. You need to stand up. The church needs to stand up because the darkness is always going to be there, but you are the only hope of the world right now. Amen? The Spirit of God living inside of us doing something. And if people step back, who's going to be able to do it? God, we don't have a plan B. God's not up there saying, well, once they're all done, I'm going to go to the next step. No, there is no next step. You are the step. And we need to step into the calling that God has given us. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. I don't want you to think about, well, it's all about me or, or, or what I can do or what you can do. Always think about what you can do for other people. I love Philippians 2.3. It says this, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. That spoke to somebody right now. I can tell it got a little quiet. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. You see, when you push yourself towards other people and you say, I'm going to try to help other people, they, they become higher. They become more, in, in, in your mind, it becomes, they become more important than even yourself. That's where God wants us to be. And as we step into this mess, as we step into these places, God is going to do something not only in Convo, but all throughout the whole world. Guys, you could make a difference. You are, the, you are called to make a difference. You are called to go to that place. And we learned last week that Peter was called to go from Jerusalem to the, this Gentile home. And I want to talk a little bit about that. So go to Acts chapter 10. Like I said, Amy did an awesome job last week. Acts chapter 10. And I'm going to start reading in uh, verse 44 through 46. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 46. Just to recap what happened, Peter was up on the roof. It was lunchtime, and he was starving, so he fell into a trance. And he saw a vision of a sheet come down with a lot of different animals in there that he was forbidden to eat. If you go on back in the Old Testament, you could find a lot of those animals that are written in there. But the Lord said to him, Peter, kill and eat. Eat those animals. No, Lord, I can't do that. Please kill and eat. He told the Lord no a couple times, and then eventually he did what he's supposed to do in the vision. And then he hears a knock on the door. And the, when he went to the door, Cornelius, who was not a Jewish man, but he was a God-fearing man like Amy clearly talked about last week. He was a God-fearing man. He believed in the Lord, said, please come with me. And Peter right then realized it's not about what my traditions are. It's not about what I think. It's about what God wants to do through this new people, through these, this new, these new folks, and I need to go where this man is wanting me to go. So he goes to Cornelius' house, and they were, they were having a church service there, but they didn't really know what church was because this is all new to them. And Peter comes in, and he starts speaking to them, and let's hear what happens in verse number 46. Even, or 44, 1044, 
even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon them who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. All through my college years, I went through, through Bible college, and we had this debate. Is, is tongue still for today? Is it something that still works? Is it something that we need? Here's what I want to say. If you look in the book of Acts, there are four or five different places where the Holy Spirit came. People were filled with the Holy Spirit. And how did they know about that? Because they started speaking in tongues. If it was just for the disciples, it would have happened one time, and that's it. But we see multiple times where this took place. And here's what I want to say. Ask for all that the Holy Spirit wants to give you. Amen? Don't live a weak life because you're afraid to take that next step or step into something that you're uncomfortable with. Say, God, I want it all. I want it all. And Peter didn't even really have to preach the whole message because the Holy Spirit fell right on these folks and they started speaking in tongues and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, a church full of the Holy Spirit is going to impact the world more than anything else. That's what we need. People who are so on fire for God to say, Holy Spirit, do what you call me to do. Don't get so caught up in the tongues part as, as much as you get caught up in the filling of the Holy Spirit part. Amen? Say, God, what do you have for me this, mo- this moment? I want more of it. I-, I-, I love how pastor's been preaching about that deeper life of getting more. Why would you settle for less? I want to give you 10 bucks, but I have $100 to give you. When you want more, you would want more. You would say, what do I need to do to get more? Go to God and say, God, what more do you have for me? And in this moment, the Holy Spirit came upon these folks, and they started speaking in tongues. But look what happens next in verse number 47. Then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Think about that, church. The baptism in the Holy Spirit came before salvation and before baptism. It doesn't make sense if we try to do it all in our own minds to put the Holy Spirit in a box and say, Holy Spirit, please do it this way. The Holy Spirit is going to do it the way he wants to do it. Amen? He is going to pour out how he wants to pour out. I love the stories of when folks say, hey, I was in church. I heard this great message on the way home. Man, God just came upon me in a powerful way, and I just started speaking, and I didn't even know what I was speaking, but when he came upon me. Church, don't put God in a box. Allow God to do something and then say, God, what do you want to do with me? Amen? You are God's chosen person right now for this time in history to do something incredible for him. I didn't know this 30 years ago when I first became a believer that God was going to use me in this way. And then little by little, as I consistently started following him, God revealed things in my life. Somebody said, you know, when the Bible's inside of you, it doesn't take a lot to bring the Bible out. And that's so true. And I really want to encourage you in that way. Some of you are thinking right now, Rocky, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. If, if I'm called to do something, I'm not sure what words I would say. Let the Bible speak through you. We say that a lot. Know the scriptures in your heart. And then when those scriptures need to come out, the Holy Spirit will be able to do something. So this revival in Cornelius's house. I would call it a revival. I would call when people get saved and the Holy Spirit comes upon them, then they do this baptism service. It's kind of cool. If, if I missed service and then somebody called me and said, today at church, 
The Holy Spirit fill, fell, and man, people were filled with the Holy Spirit, and 30 people got saved. And you know, we did 15 baptisms. I would say that's a good day at church, right? You would, when you'd agree with me, that'd be a great day at church. So let's see what happens when Peter went home and tells his story to the Jewish folks back in Jerusalem. So we have verse Acts 11, verse number one. We're reading from the New Living Translation, so it might be a little bit different than your version, but that's okay. Still bring your Bible. Acts 11, verse 1. Soon the news reached the apostles and the other believers in Judea that the Gentiles had received the word of God. But when, Jesus, when, when Peter arrived back in Jerusalem, the Jewish believers did what? Praised him? What's it say? Say it. Criticized him. You entered the home of Gentiles and even ate with them, they said. Think about this. This huge miracle took place. Something awesome happened. He goes home and he doesn't receive accolades for doing something great. What's he receive? Criticism. I want to talk to all the folks in the room that, are, that like to criticize, okay? Don't raise your hand. No raising your hand. You might even be thinking, Rocky, there's nobody in this room that criticizes. Who believes that right now? No, I'm just teasing. If you have a critical spirit, you need to say, God, help me to get rid of the, this critical spirit. Right now, there's folks in this church, and I'm not going to point anybody out. I don't even know who you are. There's folks in this church that will criticize other churches for doing church not the way that they feel church should be done. They might be doing something different. Even though people are getting saved and going to heaven, they will criticize that church because it doesn't look like every other church. When people are, are going to heaven, they will criticize that church. There will, people that, there will be people that criticize Convo for the way that we do something when they're not doing anything. They might have 20 people barely keeping the door open, but then they criticize saying, well, why are you singing this song or why are you doing that? You know what? We don't need to criticize. We need to praise when God does something awesome, right? Because we don't know people's hearts. We don't know what's in the pastor's heart. We don't know what's in the folks, what's in the heart of the folks in the congregation. We just know that the kingdom of God is huge, and it needs to be even bigger as people come to know the Lord. Amen? And there's not enough churches in America right now where we can criticize any of them. We need 10 more in every city right now in order to accomplish all that God has, wants to accomplish. We can't close them down because we don't agree with them. We need to open more up and say, do what God called you to do in your little part of the world. Reno has 450,000 people. There's not 450,000 people in this room. The statistics say there's only about 20,000 maybe that go to, are going to church right now in Reno. How many does that leave? 430, I'm a good math guy, 430,000 people that you could invite to church, that I could invite to church, that I could step in the middle of their world and say, I have an answer for your issue right now. Church, I'm not calling you to make a sign and go outside and preach on a box. If that's who you want, if that's who you are, don't invite me because I get really nervous when I see that, okay? But I am inviting you to step into your job, to step into the place that you're going to go tomorrow, to step into that mess that you might see all around you and say, Lord, how can I make a difference right here? Don't light your light and put it under a bushel, Jesus says. Let your light shine before who? Before men, that they may glorify who? God in heaven. Step into that and say, God, what do you have for me? What do you want to do? Go that way. Unless we're, ready to, unless we're willing to get messy, things aren't going to change. 
Look at this quote I put up there. Until we are willing to take the message into dirty, messy places, the message will not go as far as it needs to go. Church, ministry's messy. Think people are messy. We're, you're sitting next to somebody who, who might not have it all together. You might not have it all together. I like what Dave Ramsey said. He goes, if you're at your Thanksgiving or Christmas party and uh, you don't know who the crazy person in the family is, you're the crazy person. <laughs> so, you, you, you know, we come to church and we think we all have to be put together. No, we are all broken people who are serving a loving God who wants to minister to us in powerful ways so that, listen to this, so that we can go help Perfect people, right? No. So that we can go help other broken people. Pastor has been talking a lot about an ER. And, and, And ER rooms are really messy, right? People come in with gunshot wounds to a little cough. I mean, you can have the whole gamut there. And he says, we need to be ready because there's going to be more and more people who are coming who need Jesus in this powerful way. And, and it's not only about us pastors that are going to do the ministry. The Bible says we are equipping you to do the ministry so that you can step in and say, hey, let me help you. Let, let, me, let me encourage you. And, and this is no, by no means condemnation. Don't be in such a hurry to run when God is calling you to slow down, walk through the crowd slowly, and minister to somebody. Pastor Rocky, is my first time at Convo. Why are you telling me this? I don't care. If you're a believer... If you know the Lord, God's calling you to minister, right? Take your time. The restaurant will still be open. And if it's not, we can go home and eat, cook, right? I mean, we're not, we're, we don't have to worry about that. Take your time. I loved it, Pastor Kara, at the end of the last service. There's so many people in the back talking. That's where ministry, we need a foyer that's just so huge. You can just go back there and just talk. But that's where ministry takes place. Yeah, the message is good. The the music is good. The worship is good. But when you can stop for 10 minutes and say, let me get to know you a little bit. Let me get to help you a little bit. What can can I assist you with? with? That's when fellowship takes place. That's what fellowship is. Fellowship is not uh, red Kool-Aid and some uh, biscuits, okay? That's not fellowship. Fellowship is when we slow down enough to care about people to say, let me get into your little world and help you right now. Don't just run past them and say, I got to get out of here, okay? That's free. That wasn't in the first service. See, you guys came to the right service because you got that little nugget right there. Verse 13, uh, Paul went through a bunch of stuff. He went through a lot of criticism. He dealt with a lot of criticism. He was almost killed many times. But look what he says in Philippians 3.13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Let's all say that, forgetting the what? past, looking forward. So many of you like to drive backwards, basically. You're looking at the rear view mirror trying to drive forward. You're going to run into something. The past is the past. Leave it back there, just like my buddy Pumbaa said in Lion King. <laughs> Keep your past behind you, right? Love Lion King. Does she love Lion King? Who doesn't like Lion King? Who doesn't like Lion King? Except for the four-hour Broadway show, The Lion King. I fell asleep there. That was too long. That's another whole sermon. Go forward. Look forward. Seek what God has for you there. Your past was messy. And look, I'm not diminishing that at all. I'm not saying, well, you're different. No. Seek the healing that you need 
so that you could move forward to help somebody who needs it, the same thing maybe you went through. The Bible says you go through things so that you can help other folks. We don't come to church just for ourselves. We come to church to help those who need the help. And Paul could be one of those guys that says, I'm done with this because of all the criticism that I get. No, he went forward. The other thing I want to talk about in this this little passage is traditions. How many of you like a good tradition? All the ladies like the good tradition. of. Here's the new tradition, convo lady tradition. You're all going to wear the same shirts to every woman's event ever. winning. Amy could have picked on me last week. She chose not to, which I am very grateful for. So that's really good. Religion. How many of you are very familiar with religion? Like you just, you lived in it. You're possibly, you possibly grew up in a religion, whatever the case may be. We try to run away from religion. It's one of those things. Here's the deal. And I wrote this down. Religion soon turns into tradition and then maintaining tradition becomes more important than accomplishing the mission. And, and that's powerful because here, it, the only reason I know that is because I've been doing this for 30 years, and I've been in some churches where they're more concerned about the color on the wall than the people outside that are dying and going to hell. They're more concerned about the carpet, shag of the carpet back in the day, Okay. That's how old, that's how long I've been around. I've been to some business meetings where they never talked once about lost souls, but they talked about everything else that the church's traditions, they didn't want to get rid of them. I, I heard a story once, and I forget where I heard it, but there's a small church somewhere who had an organ. We, I love the organ. I mean, the organ is wonderful. If we had one of those organs now, that would be so cool. Can anybody play the organ? Don't raise your hand because Pastor Kara will recruit you immediately <laughs> for organ playing. Probably not, but that's a, we, I love the organ. They're so cool, aren't they? Especially during worship. The church service couldn't start until, I don't remember her name, so I'm not even going to make up a name because I don't want to offend anybody in the room. The, the church service couldn't start until the organ player came, unlocked the organ, opened up the little organ thing, and then started playing for the church service. There was only 20, 25 people, but that service would not start until she was ready. So pastors sometimes would be sitting here waiting for her to walk down the aisle, unlock the organ, and start playing. Why do you think they did that so many years? Because it was a tradition, and they couldn't break the tradition, even though nobody even liked the organ player anymore. Even though they didn't like the, they liked the organ player, but they didn't like the organ anymore. They kept doing it because it was a tradition, Right? We need to say, Lord, help us break the tradition so that we can help people not keep our traditions. Amen? Traditions are good. They're not, there's nothing wrong with them. But when they get in the way of ministry, that's when it becomes an issue. So we need to say, Lord, help us. And this tradition of, of not eating with the Gentiles was because they had to preserve their religion. They said, we can't, we can't taint ourselves with this group of people that is not like us. Our, our Jewish ceremonial laws will not let us go eat with them. So for Peter to leave and to go to that group, it broke tradition. And it was a good thing because now we're here because that tradition was broken. See, Gentiles were entered in only after the message left the Jewish folks and went to the Gentiles, which God wanted all along. Please go to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Let's see what Jesus says about religious traditions. Religious traditions. Matthew 15 verse 1 says this. 
Some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They asked him, why do your disciples disobey our old tradition? For they ignore, they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand washing before they eat. So the, the apostles or the disciples around Jesus sometimes just grabbed the food and started eating it instead of going through the whole ceremonial washing. When you're hungry, isn't it good to eat, right? I mean, a little five seconds on the water, good, let's go, let's eat. I mean, 20 seconds, we got to follow the CDC. But, you know, sometimes it's just good to start eating. And these people were criticizing them because they weren't washing their hands like they should be washing their hands. That's not a bad tradition, but come on, let's get over it, all right? We have Jesus here, the Son of God. We can break some of those traditions. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Did you come in today? Listen, this is not condemnation. This is maybe a word of correction for some of us. Did you come in today worshiping God with all of your heart, with everything that is within you, or did you hold a little bit back? Did you worship God with your lips only or with your heart? How did you sing those songs? Did the songs come from a place of complete worship to your God? Or was it something that you were just like, I had a terrible week. I don't even want to be here. I'm just going to sing the songs. You know what? Sometimes that's okay to just sing the songs because God will do something. But if, you become, if that becomes a pattern in your life where you're like, I'm just singing and your heart's not in it, you've allowed the tradition to take over where God should be taken over in your life. So I ask God, say, Lord, break my traditions where I want to just worship you and not worry about everything else. Don't honor God just with your lips. Honor God with your heart. Say, Lord, I want to give you all that I have, everything that I have, and see what God does in your life. And like Pastor Amy said, even when it comes to worship, well, Pastor Rocky, let's not go there. We don't want to get, you know, radical or anything like that. God says he wants it all. And I'm not just going to give God a little bit. I want to give God everything, right? He's given me so much, I want to give him something back. I want to say, Lord, I want to give this back to you. Here's the cool thing. Convo is never going to be caught up in all the traditions of this world. We're going to change and change and change. I said this for a service. We have Pastor Kara. She could be called Pastor Change because she loves to change things. And we want to shake things up. Why? Because we're concerned about people finding Christ, not about a building that won't even be here a couple years, right? 10, 20, who knows how long the building's going to last. Lives last forever. And we're going to change and change and change just to help people find the Lord. So if you come to church and say, why don't you do it the same way that you've always done? Look at Engage has changed. I mean, things are changing. Why? We want to try new ways to help people find Christ. Here's the powerful part, though. And, and this will never change. This word, we're going to stand on this word. We're going to preach this word. This, what comes out of, uh, of the mouths of anybody up here is going to be biblically based. It's not going to be fluff. It's going to be something that comes from the Bible. But everything else is up for grabs. Amen? So if you like those chairs, they might be changed next week. We'll have uh, rocking chairs. That would be nice as everybody's rocking back and forth. Look, we are called to step into something. And stepping into it, and stepping into these messes might not be the most pleasant thing. I, 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 when you go clean a barn, it's not pleasant, right? But the barn needs cleaning. 
And there are a lot of people that need our help, and we need to step into those situations and say, God, what can we do in the midst of these situations? So I want you to forget, I want you to, not forget, I want you to change your attitude, change your mind, change your biases and say, Lord, I want to step in, even though it may be uncomfortable, even though it may be different, even though I might have to change who I am, I want to step into that situation. A long time ago, I was a youth pastor. A long time ago, I was at a church as a youth pastor at this one church in Salinas. How many of you have been to Salinas, California? All right, Salinas people. All right, good. That's where all your salad comes from. So you can, anytime you eat salad, it comes from Salinas, California. You could check the bag. Um, I was youth pastor, and we took all the kids to Yosemite. And we climbed Half Dome. Anybody climb Half Dome? All right, cool. Uh, I made it to the top. A lot of my kids didn't make it to the top. So my little 30-year-old body made it to the top. I was really proud of that. Not part of the story, but that's a cool part of the story. So that night when we were all done, I got back to the camp. I was so proud of myself. I said, I made it to the top of Half Dome. And most of the kids says, we gave up halfway through. (laughs) I was like, I wanted to beat them. You know, I'm going to beat all these kids. And they didn't even make it halfway. Wimps. Uh, So we're back at the camp. And it was almost time for dinner. And we're throwing the football around. Somebody brought a football on purpose. And so we're throwing the football around, and in comes this guy who was dressed not like any of us, pretty disheveled, dirty. He just was a mess. And so he wanted to play football, and the kids were like, yeah, you know, you can play football. Kind of like they were standoffish a little bit. They didn't really know. They're like, Pastor Rocky, is this okay? Yeah, yeah, sure, play football. That would be awesome. So they're throwing the football around, and after a couple minutes, this dude takes the ball and takes off. He's gone. My kids start running after him, but they couldn't catch him because he was like Forrest Gump, gone. I mean, he was fast, just out of there. They come to me and they go, Pastor Rocky took our ball. And they're like not swearing because it was a good youth group. I think, I don't remember. But they, they were saying, you know, they're saying all these things. He's such a jerk. He took our ball. Why would he ever do that? And I said, but you were talking to him. What happened? They, I don't know. He just took the ball, and they're so angry. It, like, festered throughout that whole night. And so we're sitting around the campfire. This is so cool. We're sitting around the campfire. I could still remember this moment, even though it was 30 years ago. We're sitting around the campfire, and uh, we're doing a Bible study. And in walks this guy with the football. He had it in his hand. And the kids look at him. He was all clean, shaved. He had nice clothes on. The kids look at him and go, what? And he sat down, and he was our speaker that night. And the kids, I never forgot the message. I can't remember what I ate last week, let alone 30 years ago. But it was powerful because he said, you took me in. You judged me a little bit. But once I left, I was listening, and your attitude was not a good attitude. You let the football almost be more important than anything, any kind of relationship you had with me. And it was just a great lesson that we need to drop our biases. If you don't think you have a bias, you need to pray about that and say, Lord, what is my bias? What what situation would you not walk into? Would you be like Peter and leave and go into this foreign land and do these things that he wasn't supposed to do? Or would you step back and say, let somebody else do it? Church, there is nobody else. It is you. It is you and you alone are going to do it. I tell you often, I, I teach at a school. I'm, now I'm in eighth grade, and it's wonderful, and we got to drop the masks. I'm not against masks. I'm not for masks. I'm not, 
if you're wearing a mask, if you want to wear a mask, that's fine. And I tell my kids all the time, if you want to wear a mask because you're afraid of COVID or a virus, that's okay. Wear the mask. But here's the deal. A lot of them are not wearing them because they're afraid to show their face now. And how do I know that? Because they tell me. I can't take it off. I said, are you afraid of COVID? No, I'm not afraid of COVID. I'm afraid what people are going to think of me. Why do I tell you that? God put me in that place so that I can maybe help one, maybe two. I don't know. But I'm there for such a time as this, like, like Mordecai told Esther, maybe it's my time for one girl, one guy, to maybe be free a little bit, to know that they are a beautiful person, that God made them perfect, that they don't have to hide behind a mask. They can be freed from that. I love it, and I don't brag about it because there's no one to brag to, but I love it when, like, we're talking, and I'm talking to somebody, and then I will encourage them and say, you know, you are such, I can't say beautiful person. I don't know what I can say. I try to say it politically correct because I don't want to get fired, but I'm like, you're so... You're, I, don't, I can't remember what I say, but I try to say, you don't need the mask. You're so cute. I can't even say that. But I try, I try to say the right word. You know, whatever I say. Gosh, it's hard. In church, it's easy. You guys are beautiful. You're beautiful people. <laughs> but I love it the next time I see them and they're not wearing it. I don't even acknowledge that they took it off. But I, but I, I love the fact that maybe a little bit, maybe I could encourage them just a little bit. Maybe I could just, one word that I say could maybe help them a little bit. And that's all I'm asking this morning, church. Step into some situation, maybe at work tomorrow, and say, how can I help this situation a little bit? And you never know what God can do. You might have somebody say, can you pray for me? And then you need to say what? Yes, I can. You grab their hands if that's not weird, and you pray for them. God's put you there. Let's see what God can do. Amen? We need to be able to step in, not step back. We need to be able to go where God has called us to go. Last verse I want to read before we let you go. 2 Corinthians, or Acts eleven eighteen. When the others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. They said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. Amen? We're a church that celebrates people coming to know the Lord. But we're not a church that pastors are only are going to be the ones that lead people to Christ. We are believing for you guys to do a lot of the ministry to see people come to know Jesus. Because we can't be everywhere at the same time. I could be at Desert Skies Middle School five days a week, five more days before spring break, pray for me. But I could be there five days a week and I can help them. But I can't be at your workplace, but you can be. You could be at your college dorm. You could be your college room. You could be wherever. Step in and say, how can I help in this little moment right here and see what God can do. Let's stand to your feet this morning. I just want to pray for you. I want to pray that God gives you a divine moment this week that you're like, I think this is what Pastor Rocky was talking about and I should step in instead of stepping away and say, Lord, how can I help this situation? Heavenly Father, you see everybody in this room right now. You know where we're going to be Monday through Friday. You know what's going to go on in our lives. Lord, and I pray for the boldness to be able to step into a situation like Peter, to get off that roof and to go to Cornelius' house and to see a miracle. I pray that we would see miracle after miracle take place as the church does what the church is supposed to do, Lord. Send us out into a dark world, but help us to, be, help us to shine as lights in that dark world, God. 
I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit, just give the Holy Spirit one minute. Thank you, Antonio. Just keep playing and just allow the Holy Spirit to minister right now. Show us, God. Show us, God. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you again for joining us on the Convo Church podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Convo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ConvoChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening, and make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.